this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I hope it was everything you wanted it to be, and I hope you have even better ones going forward. I did think about you yesterday, and as my family was sitting together in our little home, we did hold space for you. Although, I don't think when we hold space, it's the same as when other people say hold space. That means we were mindful and wishing you well. Now, the next thing I wanted to say is that for those of you who may have overindulged and kind of feeling it, or kind of feeling it today, I've got some home remedies that I want to talk to you about that may take a little bit of the discomfort out of the festivities, as well as a couple of helpful hints hints, uh, regarding how to maybe apportion the leftovers to different parts of your pantry. So open up your big book of stuff, because today we are going to talk about the Thanksgiving feast aftermath. Let's get started. Now, for many of you, there's a distinct probability that you may have been driving a lot yesterday, or if not driving, at least traveling. There may be some aches and pains where there weren't before, and it's quite possible you're suffering a bit of fatigue. If you are staying out of town with family, you have a little bit more time and leeway to lay down and relax and take it easy a little bit. Although here in Michigan, specifically in the Detroit area, and I say Detroit area because everyone from the metropolis goes to the real city, Detroit. Oh, did I say that out loud? I sure did. I'm not living in Detroit right now because I I moved away a little bit. But you know what? That's going to be my city. That is my city. It is what it is, baby. I was born in Hutzel Hospital. My, My mother was born in Detroit. Um, I grew up there. My daughter was born in Detroit. The only person in my little family at this home that's not from Detroit is my husband who was born in Little D. He was born in Dearborn. So again, (laughs) you know, right on the edge of Detroit. So, you know, I'm always going to see it as my city. I'm always going to see it as the city for me. But anyway, and I'm probably going to be moving back, but don't tell anyone because that's going to be a surprise when I do. All right, I'm going back home. Um, But yeah, so the thing is, is that when I am happily thinking about the day after Thanksgiving and, you know, probably going to that morning tradition that I didn't this year, there is a five kilometer turkey trot in the morning after Thanksgiving in Detroit. Did you know that? There's a 5k. How cool is that? to stretch those muscles out and get the blood flowing and maybe work off some of those calories, you know, and you don't have to do a 5k, but maybe walk around the block a little bit. You'll feel a little better. Now, if you are blessed to have leftovers, because it is a blessing to have leftovers, and you decide to make the lovely uh, flavor saver sandwiches with the gravy and 
everything kind of combined. I mean, that's really good. Although there are people like my daughter who don't like their food to touch, and I completely respect that. But if you're doing all that and your stomach is not really happy with you, there's some natural stuff you can do to kind of help that out. And one of those things is to drink some peppermint tea. That's right, peppermint tea. Actual peppermint tea or a peppermint tisane, because they're different, can help with this. Now, remember what we said. We try to make sure that we know what we're drinking or eating or putting into our bodies. So we're talking about mentha piperita L. We're talking about peppermint, the actual mint. But you can have it mixed into a tea. Just make sure that it's not just a little bit of peppermint extract in it, just actual peppermint. And that will help you. Now, I am not a certified naturopath, nor am I a certified herbalist, nor am I doc a doctor of allopathic medicine or a nurse practitioner. There, I've said all my disclaimers. So, before you do that, make sure you're not allergic to peppermint, make sure you're not allergic to mints, but if you're not and you can do it, I highly recommend it. But what if you don't have peppermint? What if you have just plain old mint? Try it, it can't hurt. And actually, I've found that the mint that I have at home works just as well as peppermint. But peppermint specifically is a little bit more effective in my own experience. If you are suffering some really bad um, effects like arthritis or some aches and pains in your joints because maybe your legs were cramped up behind the wheel of the car or even more likely if you're doing a lot of traveling you may have been confined in an airplane seat for a long period of time or in a train seat or depending on where you live possibly on the ferry but you know usually hopefully you're not on the ferry that long but anytime you're in a confined space where you can't move about freely for a long period of time especially in a, in a sitting position that can cause some issues uh, you know and that really hits home if you have rheumatism or arthritis or other kinds of disorders, maybe even joint or possibly muscle disorders that can make it really achy. I strongly recommend using some topical things to help you in this time and make sure they don't, you know, go against any of your regular medications. I'm not prescribing anything. I promise you. I'm just talking about looking into recipes and things are from over the counter. Now, if you're making something at home, run to the kitchen cabinet and look for some nice cayenne. A little cayenne in a, a poultice and wrap it double tight as far as, a, a, you know, two layers in a 4x4 four four with a little bit of Vaseline or a mix with something like a mint and possibly some aster, if not aster, maybe something else that could be alleviating a pain, like mulberry leaf, and just place it as a poultice on the legs, depending on where you're putting it. But again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing anything. I'm just saying what's worked for me. One of the things I love is the wintergreen alcohol, because that just cuts right. And wintergreen is quick and it helps a lot. So maybe you're not a hot person. Maybe you don't like the thermal, icy hot kind of thing. I am not sponsored by Icy Hot, by the way. That's what the capsaicin from the cayenne would have been. Maybe you're more of a cool person. Anything mentally probably will help you. And don't forget, Vicks works really well on a lot of things.
For those of you with pets, this is the time that I really need to talk to you. I'm going to confine my comments to cats and dogs today because I'm not an expert in any area like that, but I do know a thing or two. And one of the things I know is, yes, cats can have turkey. Yes, they can have birds. Um, you probably know they can have birds because many cats are birders and they are decimating the local populations. It's actually not a, a joking matter. Cats love birds, so you can eat them. Um, you can eat birds, not the cats. And um, you can definitely share those birds you're eating with the cat. I'm not saying every bird. I'm saying for turkey, a little bit of turkey leftover is fine. Uh, just hopefully you haven't cooked it with things that could harm your little furry friend. So check on those contraindications. Another thing, dogs, listen. I know it's tempting to give the dog some turkey, but let me stop you right there. And I am notorious for quote unquote, giving the dog people food. But still, even I have my limits and turkey is one of them. Don't give the turkey to your dog unless it's a very tiny bit of breast meat. That is all, no skin. And that is probably the safest way you can share this with your little buddy because it's really not the best for them at all. So if you must give them a tiny bit because their big old pit bull eyes are just begging and pleading, just a t the tiniest bit of breast meat, just the tiniest bit, and that's it. Don't, don't feed your dog turkey. Another thing, if you've had chicken, same thing. You can give them some chicken, but it's not as dangerous to give them some leg meat. I will say this, if there's onions or garlic that they've been marinating in, then maybe pass on that. You know, throw them a crouton. It'll be fine. So it's the day after and cleaning up is done, probably recovering from, again, the Thunderdome of holiday cooking so far this season, but I, it, for most people in the States. But I will say this, this is the time to check your cabinet to make sure you have not run out of cleaning vinegar. If you used it yesterday, you probably know how well it works in the kitchen. But if you didn't use it yesterday, consider picking some up if you don't have it already and making that part of your after dinner cleaning routine, especially after a feast day, because it will cut through so much oil and grease and it will allow you to help maintain your drains. One of the things I've noticed over the years is that I, one, I do clean as I cook, but two, if I am constantly, and I mean constantly, pouring vinegar down the drain a little bit, you know, vinegar and water, and anything else that I use to cut, like, like a little dishwashing liquid, sometimes I put, you know, general cleaner down the drain throughout the day, it helps to cut down on the possibility of a grease clog. Because, you know, we don't want to pour oil and grease down the drain and clog it all up. So that is my recommendation for you. And you can hear the cats in the background. Um, leave her alone. She can stop that. That is the one cat, the senior cat, not liking the junior cat existing. You probably feel my pain. The senior cat was literally born in this house, so she's a little bit territorial. But yeah, just if you do that throughout, what'll happen is you'll be able to avoid uh, unnecessary sink clogs more likely. Same thing with all drains. It's general maintenance. Once a week, 
Um, make sure your drains are clear. Vinegar is a little bit less damaging to the environment, so that's why I use the cleaning vinegar. Plus, it also kills mold, whereas regular bleach will not. So keep that in mind. And when I say kill bleach, I mean, well, bleach killing, I mean, if you pour cleaning vinegar uh, down into wood, it's more likely to prevent the mold from coming back. So I had to put that clarification before somebody tries to come for me saying that bleach doesn't kill germs and other things. All right, let's keep going. Also, this is an absolute wonderful day to take that turkey carcass and start in on your turkey stock. We've talked about turkey stock today in this podcast just now, and we've talked about it many, many times throughout this podcast, and we're going to continue to talk about it over and over again, because if you're going to use uh, this kind of food, if you're going to use a bird or a roast or a bone, you sh you know, probably really consider making the most of it so that you get the best use out of the product so that you use every part of uh, the animal that has given its life for you to be able to eat. So that's just my opinion. Um, it's another way of being respectful stewards of this creation where we live. Now, if you're doing that, make sure you've got your jars ready. If your jars are not ready, get them ready. Start washing them now. Um, and I say that because just because you cleaned them last time you bought them and didn't get to them, don't think they've stayed clean. There's dust, there's particles. Always wash your jars again. Always sterilize. They now say we don't boil our lids. We just heat them. I'm going to let you make that decision. You know what's best for you. Leave that kitty alone. She can exist. And, um, oh, and one got swatted off the bed by the other. Okay, uh, always fun and games here, but make sure they're clean, label them, make sure you mark the date, but this is a good day to keep warm as the stock is cooking, because if you've got the big stock pot going, that steam will fill the kitchen with lovely aromas from turkey that was already seasoned, so it's a good day to jar your leftovers and to make stock. Now listen, I'm talking about jarring your stock, specifically. If you have recycling where you are, and I hope you do, if you have recycling where you are, this is a great day to put those children who are at the children's table to use, to give them a chance to help out with the adults while somebody is tasked with separation of paper and plastic and other things. Why? Because it's a great day to do that. That's why it's a great day. You know how much waste is generated during the holidays? It's absolutely mind-blowing. So if you can do your part and maybe take some time to separate all that stuff, that is a, will really go a long way to helping the environment as well as, you know, making it easier. Why should one person be the only person having to separate paper and plastic for the year. Now, if you've already separated as you went during the holiday, great. But not everybody does that. It's a good time to just, you know, go back over and check and stuff. Another thing you can do is 
pass around some bicarbonate of soda. I mean, truly, some people are still going to have an upset stomach from yesterday, believe it or not. So, you know, if they've got some stomach discomfort, maybe check and see if they need that. Remember, don't just pass along any kind of medications uh, without knowing what people have. But it doesn't hurt to put some things out in plain view of people just in case. You know, tell them that, hey, uh, there's some bicarbonate of soda. I've got soda water. I have, you know, gas pills. I have uh, Pepto-Bismol or... Uh, maybe Imodium. I am not sponsored by any of those people, by the way, but or those companies. But you know, let them know that if they're visiting and they're just a little bit, you know, kind of stuffed or having some adverse effects from eating certain things, especially if maybe you know, cousin Shanae made something and she did not know how to cook it long enough or at the right temperature, and now you're having an interesting stomach effect. It's good to know where those things are. to take a moment to point something out. I know that not many people are going to lay claim to having done this, but I wanted to just say this. If you cooked your meal in those aluminum foil pans, the really big ones, and you did that for Thanksgiving, please do not wash that pan out and use it to cook again. And I know that the majority of people may be saying, well, we wouldn't do that. It happens. It absolutely happens. So I'm from me to you. Please don't do that. Uh, It's time to dispose of it properly. Another thing that's important, don't keep your pies over a week unless they're frozen. Please don't keep them that long. Don't, Don't just go back and forth. Same thing with cakes. Cakes should not be eaten after a week. They really shouldn't. When Monday comes around, those things should already have been disposed of. They're not meant to be around and sitting at room temperature either. So, you know, take care of that. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about pies in general. They need to be refrigerated most of the time. I understand that there's going to be an entire litany of people that tell me, pies are fine at room temperature. You can go to the store and see them at room temperature. And while that may be true, that is before some of the small people in your life have put their fingers in them and the bacteria clock starts. That is before you use the same knife that you used on the turkey to cut that pie open or the same knife that you used to help cut the cornbread and stir the greens and put it in the pie. And yes, I've seen it, so I'm talking about that. That is before You know, people have walked around and coughed on the pie. It's a completely different thing from a sealed pie to something that has been handled, coughed at, cut up, and touched during the holiday. And now that we're on the topic, leftovers in the refrigerator can be eaten the next day. And you can stretch it out and maybe go the day after. But by Monday, no, those leftovers have got to go away. Unless you have frozen them, and I mean frozen completely, this is not the time to try to save it for later. That's not how it works. Food safety is important, and I know at home we're not at the same standard as we are in a restaurant. And yes, I've worked front of house. 
I've worked back of house and I've been, I've cooked for a school. Trust me, I get it. You don't want to waste money, but you can't just continue to eat on something. There is a limit to how long you can eat on those leftovers. So please, please, please don't try to save them unless they are completely frozen and left alone until thawed immediately before the meal you're going to cook later. And this next part is for my cooks, for my people who were in the kitchen and they were making the meal, uh, whatever you did, as far as how much you cooked or not, this this is directly to you. If you helped prepare the meal and you partook of the meal and you enjoyed the meal, maybe make a note. If you have a recipe uh, card catalog or you have a recipe binder, make a note on what went really well this year and what didn't go really well so that next year you're better prepared. Make a checklist. What did you find that you forgot to buy and you had to run out at the last minute? Did you have everything? What is it that was a surprise this year? What actually turned out better than you thought it would? What changes did you make or did you not make any changes? Why is this important? Because this will make your holiday easier and easier every every time you do it. And there's nothing wrong with change, but it's good to reflect on the day. And the most important part of this entry is how did you feel when everybody was together and eating the food together? Even if the food was burned, it's fine. You can write down about the laughter um, after it, after the shock. But these are part of your memories, and they're special memories when you're the cook. It's part of being a kinship keeper, you know. And if you're cooking for a group, you're part of a being a community keeper. Um, I'm a community keeper, so I get it. I do. I don't do it in small events, but you get what I mean. But you know, think about doing that because you, you'll look back years later, and it'll be a source of happiness. You know, I enjoy sharing these kinds of things with my friends, and we're friends, right? I'd like to think so. And I would love to see you here tomorrow here on my Magical Cottage Core Life. Watch for the small businesses that will be advertising on the podcast up until winter solstice too. Maybe give them a little love. Just like they give their love every day that they actually provide services and products to their clients and customers with love. I'll see you next time. <laughs>